Welcome to the Pregnancy Without Fear podcast. These podcasts are here to help you minimize your fear of childbirth. Too many women go through pregnancy being worried, anxious, or fearful. Well, I'll be sharing tips with you so you can have the mind of knowing. Did you know that fear is about not knowing? When you know, fear is minimized. It then means you can enjoy your pregnancy looking forward to your childbirth experience. You are listening to Pregnancy Without Fear podcasts with Delia Mohammed. Welcome to another episode of the Pregnancy Without Fear podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is going to be a solo cast episode. This has been a special month. We wanted to personally close off the month talking to and sharing with you some of what's been happening. My God, we've had a fantastic four weeks. And one of the major reasons for this is that we realised that April had been designated as Caesarean Section Awareness Month. You know, we're living in an amazing period, a time of female empowerment where glass ceilings are being shattered every second. What's amazing about this period isn't that we as females have suddenly been bestowed with a newly discovered sense of importance. No, that's silly because we've always been important. It's just the fact that in no, at no time of a, you know, like this, have women been able to connect around the world. I happen to come across a beautiful blog on Female Factor website by Tanya Sternbauer, asking the question, why women's networks are crucial. Mind you, the blog isn't actually written as a question, but if you ponder on it, it actually is. Are women's networks crucial? And if they are, why? I don't want to give away her entire blog. You should read it in the link in the podcast description. But she summarises it this way. Women's networks are crucial for equality. They provide close connections to other women who might encounter similar struggles while still creating a diverse enough environment for personal and professional growth. I couldn't agree more. So we made the decision that we're going to join the rest of the world to actively observe Caesarean Section Awareness Month and host real discussions on C-sections. Every Thursday throughout April on our Instagram IGTV channel, we invited and spoke with professionals, birth professionals, on caesarean sections. These sessions were extremely well received, providing a live forum where we were able to have questions asked from women around the world and create new relationships and friends. Make sure to check out the description for this podcast for the links to these IGTV, IGTV sessions. Um, they are, they're just packed with really good information. These sessions re-emphasised 
the importance of women's networks, especially on the topic of cesarean section. Not just because women or mothers are birthing this way much more now, but because the manner in which they are being done seems almost suggest, suggestive that women no longer have a choice. On our IGTV Live, we discussed how caesareans are on the rise, but this really needs to be qualified. For those of you who missed our discussion, here's a snippet of what was shared. This is an educational podcast so that we can be aware of how caesareans are done and the fact that each hospital has their own way of doing things. Even each doctor who does surgery will do it differently with each mother based on her physiology. We do overlook the fact that our makeup is unique and no matter how many caesareans we have, each will vary based on the pregnancy and the labour, if that happens. So it's important to keep asking questions until you are clear on what is to be done. With women not understanding the implications of giving birth in this way, it makes it easier to guide her in this direction. The most prominent time to suggest a caesarean section is when labour has possibly been going for at least 24 hours. The labour is taking its toll and there are signs of abnormalities. These abnormalities can can be baby's heart rate dropping with contractions and taking time to get back to normal. The guidance becomes more apparent when a labouring woman has been labouring for days at home. She goes in because she feels that things are happening, only to find out that she either hasn't dilated or she hasn't dilated enough to be where they can um, label her as um, or should I say, label it as her being an established neighbour. So now she's in the hospital and she now has to possibly mentally fight her way out of hospital to go back home, if that's the case. Or whilst being monitored, an abnormality pops up that then opens the door to having to stay. There is no turning back in that, in that scenario. Not being in her own territory takes her power away. Many mothers have regretted going into hospital when they did. It was a case of, if only, maybe I should have listened to. We're aware a caesarean section is major surgery. The Royal College of Gynecologists, the RCOG website, states that more than one in five women currently have a caesarean in the UK. That half are emergency and the other half is planned and that many women have more than one caesarean. Surgery will be needed if a baby is in the breech position, if a baby is deemed big, if mother is suffering from something that could cause her and her baby harm if she, if she went into labour. With this, doctors have said that a big baby being vaginally birthed could cause 
a baby's shoulder to be stuck. And this is called shoulder dystocia, which can cause damage to the nerves in the neck of a baby. And then there's placenta previa. That's the placenta covering the opening of the birth canal. And baby will not be able to be birthed vaginally. Fetal distress, as mentioned before, is the heart rate of baby dropping quite low on several contractions and taking time in recovering. Naturally, no mother wants to hear this and will do whatever it takes to avoid a catastrophe. No mother wants to feel guilty or regret not listening. Many mothers have had a caesarean section and have regretted doing it. Why? Because once baby was born, all was well. The mother felt that maybe if she was given just a little bit more time, things possibly could have been different. It is very hard to tell whether things would be okay. However, just hearing baby cry is enough to let you know that maybe that decision was the right one. Once baby is in your arms, it is now the aftercare that has to be attended to. Who would be there with you? With a baby? What happens at night when baby gets fed or needs a feed? Getting up several times in the night, it's not easy and it's not fun. Taking pain relief is essential in trying to keep or get a few hours sleep. Finding a comfortable position can be hell because you can't sleep on your stomach. Sleeping on your side can help, but at some point you'll want to turn. Possibly sleeping upright might do the trick. Depending on how the repair has been done will tell as to how long it will take to heal externally. Some incisions can reopen slightly and some can get infected. After birth, the tendency is to stop taking iron. You get depleted, tired and then naturally blaming the night feeds is what really comes out. However, it's more likely the fact that possibly you could be anemic. So really, the body needs iron for building up the oxygen needed in the body again. Because once you have a cesarean, the blood that is lost needs to be replenished. I'm going to leave it here for now. I could go on, <laughs> really, for another month. Hopefully, for those of you who are contemplating a caesarean or are being told that you'll have one, the information in this podcast, I really hope, will be of some benefit to you. As said earlier, keep asking questions until you are sure. Listening to Pregnancy Without Fear podcast with me, Delia Mohammed. If you want more information from today's episode, you can find our show notes page at www.pregnancywithoutfear.com. Your vote of confidence and support means the world to me. Thanks so much for listening.